Hi, I'm Mark, and thank you for joining me on Words of Truth. Maybe you've heard the great hymn of the faith that was written by Martin Luther, the great church reformer. A mighty fortress is our God. Do you remember that one? Listen to verse 1. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing, our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe, his craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate, on earth is not his equal. That song was inspired by Psalm 46 which is a song of triumph. It's a psalm that talks about the adequacy of God when we're facing all the threats and dangers this life throws our way. And I think there are people today who need to hear the comfort of this psalm. Not only are we living through the threat of COVID-19 virus, but there are all kinds of other threats that we face in this world along with that. People today are facing domestic violence. There are people who are having marital problems. People are struggling with their children and are anxious and upset and all kinds of other things. We need to hear the truths and the wisdom of this psalm in order to find some help and some comfort. The psalm begins with saying this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. What is a refuge? A refuge is a place of shelter. Uh, it's where we go when we need to get in out of the weather, right? It's a place of safety. And the word strength gives us a picture of someone who is able to give us a defense when we're under attack. That's probably the sense of what that means because the next phrase says that God is a very present help in trouble. You see, God isn't standing off in the distance just looking at our troubles and taking pictures to post on heaven's Facebook. No, no. He's a very present help. He's right there in the mix with us. In whatever we face, he's there to help us to deal with it. And it's because this is the character of God that verse two starts out by saying, therefore we will not fear. Isn't that great? Therefore we will not fear. Well, what reason would we have to fear? You see, God is on our side fighting for us. It's like when Israel was entering the promised land and God said to them in Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 to 7, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your, of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which my Moses, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. 
Well, they could have confidence to face all of their enemies in the promised land. Why? Because God said that he would be with them every step of the way. As long as they walked in obedience to his word, he said that he would give them success. Now, they didn't always walk in God's promises, did they? I mean, read the book of Judges, and you can see how many times they turned their back on God. What happened? Well, God turned his back on them. As soon as they repented, he came to their rescue. The psalm goes on to talk about some of the dangers that we can face in life. When he said in verse 3, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride, and then he picks up on this theme again in verse 5 through 7 when he said, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Wow. Look at all the verbs in those verses. Roaring, foaming, quaking, swelling, uproars, tottering, melting. Those are, sound, those are all sounds that uh, sound like very frightening places to be, don't they? I grew up in st the state of Oregon, which is situated on the Pacific Ocean. Often we would take vacations to the, to the coast and walk on the beautiful white beaches. But you didn't dare to try to swim in the ocean. Well, for one thing, the water is very cold. For another thing, the waves come crashing in onto the shore with a fierceness that will throw you off your feet. And then the riptides can potentially drag you out to sea. People drown on the Oregon coast every year because they don't take precautions. They don't know how dangerous it is. And that's what I think of when I read these verses. Or what about those who live in Hurricane Alley or those who live in areas where they experience tornadoes and vicious tropical storms every year? And then there are those who live in war-torn countries, places where governments are constantly being overthrown and are in constant turmoil. You see, that's the picture the psalmist is painting. And it's in the midst of all the troubles of life that we can find God, for he's the Lord of hosts, the God of Jacob. He's our divine warrior that gives security and safety to his people. You know, I've often wondered why God is called the God of Jacob. I mean, why does he use Jacob as a reference point? Jacob is a schemer. He was dishonest, and oftentimes he tried to live life by his own ingenuity. But as I thought about it, well, it became more obvious. The God of Jacob is the God of all grace. If you think about it, there wasn't really a, a lot that should have attracted God to Jacob. He was selfish, scheming, deceitful, treacherous, untruthful, and yet, even though he was undeserving, God met him and blessed him. But also, the God of Jacob is the God of infinite patience. 
Jacob was always running ahead of God instead of waiting for his promised first son's inheritance. He stole it from his brother Esau, and he had to flee to another land. And then when God wanted to bring him home again, the first thing Jacob thought about was to secure the wages due him from his father-in-law Laban in the form of cattle and sheep, many of which he had gotten by a trick. And then he decided he'd leave secretly. He didn't exactly have an overwhelming confidence in God, and God had to show a lot of patience in working with him. And then also, the God of Jacob's is the God of transforming power. Sometime, take your Bible and study the last chapters of Jacob's life, because in them you'll find a man who is finally victorious over the flesh. For an illustration today, let me focus on just the last chapter of his life. The whole family is gathered about the dying patriarch, Jacob, and one by one he blesses them. All through his earthly and midlife, Jacob was occupied solely with himself. But at the end of his life, he occupied himself solely with others. In days gone by, he was mainly concerned with planning about things present. And now he's only thinking about things future. You see, God took Jacob as the one whom through he could best show grace and power. And that's why the psalmist says that the God of Jacob is our refuge. He does the same thing for us. And I love the way Psalm 46 closes. After everything has been said, he gives the instruction in verses 10 and 11. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. The word cease means to sink down, to drop, or even to relax. And to cease striving and know means to lift up or to rise up, to mount up. And so what he's saying is to stop panicking and lift up your eyes to God and recognize that God is the one who protects and comforts. And then again, because we easily forget things, he repeats those statements. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The reference to hosts is talking about an organized army or a host of angels. You see, God's army is so much greater than any man's army. It reminds me of when the army of the king of Aram sent his soldiers to kill Elisha because God kept telling the prophet where the king's army was going to attack Israel. And so in 2 Kings chapter 6, the army surrounds Elisha and his servant, and the servant panicked, and he said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And Elisha said, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And the Lord opened the eyes of the servant, and he saw that the mountain was filled with horses and chariots of fire all around them. 
You see, God has a host of armies encamped around his people, and with him there's no need to fear because we can always run to him as our stronghold. What is it that feels overwhelming in your life today? What is it that's causing anxiety and fear and is taking your sleep away at night? Jesus said to cast all of your cares upon me, for I care for you. Knowing that God is your refuge and your help in times of trouble, why not cast all those cares on him today? And then walk in the knowledge that if God be for you, who can be against you? Thanks for joining me today. See you next week.